Welcome to Source of Uncertainty, a Bukla podcast for you. I'm Robert Standifer. And I'm Kyle Swisher. And this is episode 25. Yeah, it's our uh, two-year anniversary. We started, yeah. uh, our first episode was June of 2019. Doesn't that, uh, seems a lot longer ago than two years. It, it sure does. And I'm not even using the COVID <laughs> thing. I just mean, you know, <laughs> we've done a lot on the show since then. Todd Barton was our first guest. Yep. And we had, uh, yeah. we were just thinking, it was like, man, it was more uh, Sabotnik last, last year, which, man, doesn't feel like a year ago, but then feels like ages ago at the, yeah. <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I remember when we first started this, having Mort on the show was just a pipe dream, you know, and that was only a year later. Yeah. Um, and that's just. And now it's a year ago, and I think, man, I sure we really want to talk to Mort again <laughs> and Todd. I know it, it, it feels it, it's you know we're kind of in early, mid thick of of COVID, and you know he was, he was talking about um, playing shows in San Francisco and stuff coming up, and you know now that seems like more of a reality. I guess I haven't really followed up to, um, yeah, see if he's got anything booked or where he's at with with that stuff but yeah i just realized today too that with being vaccinated and all that stuff um things are things have opened up here in washington anyway and now i have to follow through on all those promises to visit (laughs) guests so i need to fly (laughs) out to the uk and visit benji or benj and i need to go see barry schrader yeah coffee Uh (laughs) you just had a uh uh, barry just had a birthday so happy birthday barry yeah birthday barry Um, you're listening we miss you. Yeah, I need to check in with him because you know he was talking about, um, you know, maybe releasing or releasing for the first time some kind of old Buchla music. Um, yeah, be good to check in on that. I'd love to hear what else he 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 did during those days. Lost Atlantis is still my reference for people when they, you know, they want to know about what the Buchla is or what it sounds like. Like there was a post on somebody's i think it was on bill lines facebook he had a picture of 292 c mm. and somebody said wow that looks amazing I, I really wonder what it sounds like um of course he didn't mean maybe the specifically the 292 c maybe he did but i think he meant buchla in general but mm-hmm. lost atlantis is what i tell people to listen to kind of as this it's accessible and good, you know. I mean, lots of great music out there on the book club. I'm not saying that Lost Atlantis is the only one to start with, but I like that one because it goes between experimental and kind of um, traditional in a sense. Yeah. Know? So I like to give that one a lot, and then followed up by Suzanne's uh, 1975, and, and then on and on, and yeah. then to graduate to Todd, That'd and eventually you get to Kyle Swisher. <laughs> eventually you, it's like a, a PhD, you gotta get to the phd right right that's right yeah. <laughs> um so so yeah a bit of a weird episode today we're actually we're in person right now yeah good to see you yeah i slapped your knee ah yeah um and it turns out it's like a heat wave going on here in the uh greater seattle uh area yeah high today's 102 yeah which is very weird. So we got got up early and got out here to try and beat the the afternoon sun. Um, so yeah, we're gonna hang out, check out a new module. Um, yeah. Kind of, you might hear some weird fan noise going because we don't want to suffocate. <laughs> I'm having back spasms. Yeah, I took. I yeah, I got something in my 
upper back. We're just yeah, we're we're a mess. Mess. But this will be a um <laughs> really fun episode nonetheless. Um one thing uh, I want to mention, we probably talked about uh I think this was first brought up um back when Steve H was on the episode uh had his episode last year. Um he's part of this compilation uh that was called Bookla Now that uh Todd Barton uh kind of cur- curated with um Ultra uh, Ultraviolet Light is the cassette label, and so they did like a 300 edition of cassettes, um, 300 copies, and you know sold out immediately. We were just uh, talking about how we were bummed out how we didn't yeah. didn't get those. Even with our clout, <laughs> we were too slow. Yeah, Todd was like, "Sorry, man, we yeah. sold out." Like, yeah. dang. Um, so, uh, but uh, it's being uh, reissued second edition second edition uh, is coming out august 2nd um and so yeah it's got you know suzanne uh chiani uh jonathan Vitusi, steve horlick um dan deacon uh caitlin aurelia smith um marcia bassett uh todd barton of course um yeah bunch of people and um and yeah so i guess yeah i think the best thing i think is to go to um ultra uh ultraviolet lights band camp i think is where yes that is found well i'll put a link in the show notes too um but um but yeah check that out um yeah what else has been going on um well I, one thing about the uh, bukla now is the art is, is oh, worthy yeah. of a mention wilson ward kemp did the art there and it reminds me of like um, Robert Crumb, you know, this sort of skeuomorphic fat. I, I don't know. I really like it. And the pink and the blue looks really cool. But mm-hmm. that's another great. And the banana cables on it. Beautiful art. So um, yeah, it deserves a mention. Good reason to to buy the cassette. Well, the thing about this one too is that it was cassette only, um, so you couldn't really hear it unless you actually had the um, the copy. Um, now I will say I may have heard a few tracks from this and, uh, and there's like, as Suzanne's, um, track is, is nothing I'd heard from her before. So that yeah, was, it was wild. Cool. Yeah. It was way more experimental, I think, and a little darker Yeah, than some of the stuff. So let's see what's been going on. Um, well, admittedly, I haven't been spending a ton of time in Buchla world just because it's, you know, into fiscal year and all that kind of stuff. All that boring stuff. Um, but I guess the two two or three things of note. One, I got the nested vector oscillator. Yes. Which we're going to talk about today. From, the, uh, from Yoon uh, yeah. Denson from the... Human Comparator. Yes. Yeah, so it's, it's really cool. We're going to play with that. I've been spending time away from composing and such and really... Now that I have my systems down to a Skylab size... Um, I really want to be an expert in my modules, you know, like uh, like the 282E quad trans event generator. Mm-hmm. I'm an expert in that. And so I want to do that with the 251E where I don't have to check the manual for stuff. I want to yeah. learn, you know, really know how the sample and hold works and, and that kind of stuff. So I've been playing with that without feeling like the sounds that are coming out need to sound good, you know? Just, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You yeah, do that no, sometimes just... too, right? Where you're just... What's the module doing? How does this really work? I feel like I've been in that mode for like a year. Like I basically 
stopped recording for any or like for the last album um or like kind of you know making with something in mind that I was going to release or whatever but I think with doing the show so often we're you know we're kind of just like tearing apart our systems like you know mm-hmm. focusing in on a new module or whatever and it's not always conducive to just like I'm just making music and I need to you know I want to make this this new track or whatever so a lot of it comes from kind of you know I'm just like well I'm going to experiment with this and yeah, only it's fun. yeah so it is like it does take that pressure away from I guess try, <laughs> trying to make something compelling um but at the but it I at the same time like I feel this push pull of that like oh I'm getting I'm it's like I'm doing the work I'm putting in my uh, experimentation like learning this module yet I'm not really producing something that like um I can be like oh I'm really excited about yeah that. it's more of just like okay I'm gonna now remember this piece and I can uh, come back to this uh this type of patch later on well like you know with the the 251e quad sequential voltage source and we talked about this I think even in last month because you had borrowed it you borrowed my whole Skylab yeah it's not a module that you can just turn on the system and start experimenting with and stuff happens no. like with a lot of the other it's a computer uh, yeah. for folks who aren't in the Buchla world it's a lot like the um, I think the ER301 sequencer mm-hmm. I get those numbers confused in Buchla there's a 101 and a 301 but it's the it's like that um, orthographic sequencer or that's like this but anyway you you got to really program it in and stuff is hidden behind the UI and and then it, it, you know, it takes you like, you know, it makes you have to call somebody up and be like, okay, what does trans yeah. mean in this situ- situation? Yeah. And what's their what's <laughs> loot bag? Yeah. Still don't know. Yeah. Um, and then things, you know, just got weird behaviors, but taking it directly into a pitch, for example, on the uh, 26080 quad, uh, the um, graphic waveform generator. And just sort of like feeling, using it like a sequencer that way mm-hmm. first to understand the different ways that you can get pulses and shape the um, the CV with um, the little init thing, you know, to make a delay and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. a delayed um, a CV value. And I'm not even an expert in it yet. So if you asked me a question, I probably wouldn't be able to answer it unless it was really basic, like what happens when you press reverse. Yeah, <laughs> um, but so but it's brilliant. And then the last thing I'm doing in Bukla right now is working on a remix of Seven Dot Waves, uh, where mm. the 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 idea was that I got a lot of feedback from people, lots and lots and lots of positive feedback and comparisons with everyone from Frank Zappa to <laughs> uh, so a lot of people I've never heard of, um, even Delia Dar- Derbyshire, which was cool, kind of neat. Yeah. You know, I, that was. I was very honored to be compared to Frank Zappa and other, you know, uh, not as an artist, but I guess my music was evocative of that. So I'm working on a remix of Seven Dot Waves to emphasize more of the vaporwave inspiration for it. Okay. So doing a lot more manipulation in my computer of the, essentially the samples from the 272E mm-hmm. and exploring that angle. And that's one of the things, you know, I love about the 272E, it captured that moment in time. So now I can do a lot of, of interesting things with the recordings from Christmas of last year. Yeah. So that'll be free for the people who have bought 7.Waves on 
on Bandcamp. Oh, cool. It'll be a free thing for those folks. And one of my friends is like, can I get a 30-minute version of Five Dot Wave, which is the really mellow kind of Arctic-sounding one? Yeah, yeah. Like, I just want to put that on and code while it's playing. <laughs> wow, sure. I'll make, so I made him a 30-minute version of that. Uh, that's rad. Yeah. So that's what's going on with me. Um, you you cool. haven't really been... How's your record doing? I've got the vinyl downstairs, and I can't wait for you to come over and listen to it. Yeah. Because you haven't heard it yet. <laughs> I, yeah, I finally... Uh, um, I meant the vinyl, not the album. I'm no, not sure yeah. the vinyl. Yeah, yet. I actually did. I went over to my sister's um, last week, um, uh, and basically, and I gave my my brother-in-law a copy of it and put it on and he has i mean he has this like it's a very interesting <laughs> record player not set up to like any nice speakers it's kind of like an all-in-one type of unit so it's like i didn't really get a i would say like a good vinyl hmm. uh listening like experience well, uh from it. for a real but, treat uh, you've yeah, seen what i have downstairs oh right? yeah, yeah yeah like you are the guy i should be uh yeah i mean i wear white gloves when I put a record on it. <laughs> Wish I were joking, but I'm not. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's out there. Yeah, uh, and it's, it's doing well. I mean... It... I think so. I haven't really checked in. You know, I worked with the, the label Behind the Sky on, uh, on that release, and so kind of everything, you know, goes through through them. So I haven't really checked in in a, in a while. But... Um, but yeah, seems to be doing all right on on Bandcamp and everything. Cool. So yeah, I guess if you plug it, if you haven't listened to it or want to uh, grab a copy of of the vinyl, the vinyl is um, pretty cool looking. Yeah, it is cool, and the art's great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so you know, I I compliment your album a lot, and it's always sincere because I think it's really really great. And somebody said to me, "You like everything. You like everything you you listen to and see." And I thought. Well, first of all, that's really not a very nice thing to say. It kind of ins insults my intelligence. But my reply was, no, I prefer to only talk about the things You're that I right. like. Yeah. If I didn't like, like your album, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it sucks. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> you try and be positive here. Yeah, um, I like it. You know, if I didn't like it, I'd tell you privately. I'd say, oh, Kyle, that's not for me. And you haven't liked the stuff. Let me pull, stuff let me pull you aside. and uh... Yeah. Let me put my hand on your shoulder and lean in. <laughs> You know, we make a lot of experimental music, and you haven't liked everything that I've shared with you, and you've gotten critical feedback and stuff. That's all great, but yeah, you know, that's what we. Yeah, I, I don't like a lot of stuff, and you're not going to hear me say I don't like. <laughs> I guess I feel very strongly about it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, sure, like being, um, you know, having hot takes and being controversial is fun. I mean, that's what a lot of uh, podcasts uh, can can be, but. Um, yeah. No, I, I just want to, yeah. you know, I, I, I want to promote anybody trying to do stuff and, um, yeah, it's all hard. exploratory in my mind anyway. So it's, this is really hard to do. I, I think, you know, you listen to the artist spotlights and they're all so different. Yeah. And making music is hard by itself. Even with, you know, I'm using soft synths and stuff in, in studio one composing and arranging. That's hard. That's hard all by itself. Then when you introduce an instrument that is very personal, very specific, everybody's is different in some way, mm -hmm. that adds another dimension. So Fairly people, unwieldy yeah, at times. Yeah, and, and inherently yeah. experimental. 
So everybody's going to do something different with it. And the classical stuff, I've been listening to Richard Lanehart a lot lately. Mm. Um, rest in peace. I mean, that guy was amazing. And he made this beautiful melodic music with like six, two, uh, 261E complex waveform generators. And, and I thought, you know, if we use that as the bar to judge everybody else who uses a bukla, it's yeah. not fair to them. It's not fair to him either. Yeah. You know, he did it. So that's why... Now, if you put out a pop album with guitars and synthesizers and you're singing and I don't like it, I'm straight up going to tell you I think, <laughs> I think it sucks. But if you're doing stuff with the bukla and you know, you're pushing it, and I'm, I'm not going to... Um, there's a lot of bukla music I haven't enjoyed, right? There's a lot of music out there in general that I don't enjoy, but that doesn't mean I like everything. Although I guess if I did, I'd be a really friendly person anyway. All right. <laughs> So the, um, I think that's what is what's that, what else is up? What am I missing? Here? Um, I find I I got the uh, I got my two eighty eight R the time domain time, processor. Yes, um, that thing's wild. The back of it, I saw the picture on Facebook with like a zillion dip switches. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty sweet. I um, of course it was like one of those situations where like it showed up in the day after. Like I went over to Eastern Washington for for a week and stuff so i was kind of without it for a bit but um but yeah it's pretty fun i actually um because it kind of all got shipped at the same time and so everybody was all kind of got them (laughs) um that did pre-order them at the same time so actually todd barton reached out to me and adam scramstad because we were both kind of posting videos on it he's like hey we should just get on a zoom call and talk about it and like you each kind of do a patch separately and bring that to the table and stuff. So we did this kind of thing called it like the time domain processor summit. Um, it was cool. Yeah. So it was a, it was a fun chat with those guys. It was first time kind of, um, you know, uh, meeting Adam, but I, you know, I spent much of 2016 and 2017 just watching him and Todd's (laughs) videos. Um, uh, you know, I just forever in debt to those guys, um, you know, wanting to, to post and share the their findings and, and information. I mean, I guess that's a big reason why I wanted to do this show um, because, I don't know, that was so inspiring and helpful for me to watch those guys that, you know, maybe this in some way helps others kind of get into, uh, get into Bukla. But um but yeah, still, you know, I, I'm calling that thing the the Marf of delays. There's just so many yeah. ways to uh, to go about that thing, and um, and yeah, hopefully there's a, uh, a a firmware update. There's like a few things that are like uh, like kind of comparing them to um, the Mark Verbos version um, that you know don't quite line up i don't know it's it's a it's a it's a weird gray area because it's like well i mean the idea is to try and get it to as kind of close to what the original was yet there are only two prototypes like i, I wonder if both those prototypes actually yeah. <laughs> uh sound the same or, i bet you they don't um <laughs> but um but you know this one does take liberties in kind of extending its its total time range and stuff so the delay just the delay timing um and cleanliness of those delays um they're very lo-fi on like or at least the verbose one that i played with which has its character and charm and and i love that thing um 
this one's like very clean but at the same time some of the functionality is not quite especially with the kind of looping section doesn't seem to quite be dialed in as um to compared to the other one so um so yeah fingers crossed that that gets you, ironed out a bit i guess we'll probably dive into this if we ever have it on the show but the uh, do you currently have a preference between the 288v and 288r based on your exploration of the two i mean i kind of for like in two different like i guess i would like because in two ways that you can look at it um like you can look at it just for its delay capabilities and so having a longer delay time range with the new one and have them cleaner is just a bit more flexible um and which is really nice and especially with all the dip switches on the on the back to customize those things where um on the verbose version you would have to have those wired in and so it's like you're setting up these presets but those presets aren't changing like um and so where it's kind of it's a little micro looping functionality um just felt much more seamless on the verbose version where this one's not quite dialed in yet so like i said fingers yeah it sounds really cool i can't wait to i saw your video on youtube it was neat to see it in the recommended section oh yeah i was browsing on my television yeah um right next to lou pop's review of something new and and supercar fails march 2021 (laughs) So, <laughs> oh yeah, the YouTube uh, viewing habits are so funny. Mine would be like uh, carbon steel pans and uh, Mortal Kombat Eleven videos. Yeah, the algorithm is so weird. <laughs> I listened to the Sundays. Here's where the story ends. I wanted to play it for my wife because I like that song. And then now I constantly get videos about it. What happened to the Sundays? Damn it! I just went so anyway. So it's a. Uh, I I watched the video of it and I watched the Zoom call. It was really cool. Like. When I first watched it, I thought, oh, I want to see what Kyle says. So I zoomed ahead to where you're talking, and it was super duper technical. You know, and I thought, nope. Yeah, I got so to go says. back to the beginning. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on here. Yeah, I went. It was funny. There wasn't, you know, we kind of just kept it loose, and we kind of ex- talked before about like, okay, I'm gonna patch with, I'm gonna go down this avenue, and I'm because I'm gonna go down that avenue because we didn't really want to do the same type of patch, right? And, and kind of talk about the same thing. So I did my thing. I don't know. I felt like it's very much like how I present stuff on this show. And yeah. so, yeah, I, you know, maybe a little too too dry. I didn't make the most like musical pass because then you listen to like <laughs> Todd and Adams. It's like, oh, this sounds great. Where I'm just like, this is how you do this. <laughs> yeah, that that's so you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny how your your module explorations never sound like your music. You know, I mean, it, it makes mm. sense, but at the same time, it, it, um, it's just like Todd somehow bridges those, those two in a different way. Cause he just makes different kind of music. Yeah. I guess it applies to me too. I don't know. Um, maybe cause I know you so well, but this is kind of funny. I don't want to try out the 288V, uh, or not the, uh, the 288R. I mean, when I guess we'll probably have an episode about it in the future yeah right? maybe, I would assume. maybe next maybe. month i don't know we'll see well yeah i think it'd be fun to play with and with my stuff because i've got oscillators that have multiple outputs and um you know mixing them together and doing some weird bring, bringing it back into the signal router 
mm-hmm. you know, and doing some weird feedback stuff. And yeah, it'd be pretty cool. Cause you know how I feel about delay. Remember last episode when I turned on the delay when we were, Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you're like, you're hijacked. You're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're... Get some Valhalla on this action. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was cool. I love that thing. <laughs> All right. Well, we have the, we don't have a guest this month. Yeah. Um, just because we want to have more time to spend on the nested vector oscillator. And we still have um, some other stuff from previous episode that we're going to play with. And I guess we'll just kind of start experimenting with it and uh, see what it does and see what kind of cool sounds we can get out of it. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm excited to uh, hear this thing in its uh, full form. Cool, let's do it. Ready? Ready. Nested nested vector oscillator from THC out of Stockholm, human, human comparator. Yun. What's his last name? Yun Nensen. Yeah. Um, if you remember back to last year, early last year, I think it was like last March or something that we put those out. Um, I talked to Yoon and it was a fun chat and we talked um, a lot about, um, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, the... <laughs> the full size um, 100 series uh, oh, yeah. um, modules that Bukla is going to be putting out that are based on um, on Yoon's work, uh, and but he also was showing me these things that he'd been, had been working on. He just got the um, the PCBs for uh, for the NVO, and so he. He soldered them up and he, he brought it over and we plugged it in and it like it worked for like twelve seconds and then it, it died. Oh boy. <laughs> um, so uh so I've seen this before, but not in this uh very pretty glorious fashion. Yeah, let's it let's makes take, a good looking module. Let's take a look at the panel. Um so shameless plug, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you can see the video of this when it when the episode comes out. Um otherwise you can wait a couple of months and we release these other videos later. But the the panel is classic, you and I mean it's it, all of his modules are beautiful in their own right. Some of them are just like art. That one with the key, the cash register key buttons, you know. <laughs> yeah. But this has a, um, a CV input at the top for keyboard. Four mini, I mean four tiny jacks outputs for each of the oscillators A, B, C, and D. It's a four oscillator um, module, then a row of switches that we'll explain in a bit. A bunch of CV inputs that alternate black and gray, which is very nice, and then four joysticks. Now, also, let's not forget this uh, little uh, grid of the wave oh, shape. That's right. That How could I forget the wave? Yeah. yeah. At the top there, so each oscillator can do one of three wave shapes: a ramp, um, a square, or a sine. And we'll explore those in a minute, but you select those with the, the switches there that have a nice little crunch to them. So a three-way switch, so yeah. yeah. And then there are the four joysticks, which are a style where they're really loose. Um, they hold their position, they don't snap back to the middle, but they are, I don't wanna say loose, that, that implies something else. They have a lot of flexible travel. They're yeah. free, free traveling joysticks. If you've used an IntelliGel planer, the uh, the joystick in that has that nice stiff thing where it holds. You know, you've kind of find some resistance when you mm-hmm, move the joystick. Mm-hmm. These move much more freely, and I think that's because of how you use them. You know, as you're shaping the um, 
as we're going to explore in a minute, the FM and pitch and all of that stuff. So they move really, really quick and easy. A lot different from the Colossus joysticks, which are like, like you're going to use it to control a, a sniper rifle in that movie, <laughs> The Jackal. Remember that? Like, yeah. Yeah. Didn't like Jack Black get like... Yeah, his arm gets blown off. <laughs> yeah. That's what, yeah. Because, that's what I remember. Because that. the joystick wasn't precise enough. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> If he'd used the nested vector oscillator to control that sniper rifle, yeah, Jack Black would have been just been destroyed because these are really loose. Um, but if he used the Colossus joysticks, then it would have been no. But the there there are different types of joysticks out there that all have different names. These actually remind me a lot of the joystick on the Synthy, on the Synthy um, like the AKS or the VCS mm. three, or on the Centrex, the Erica Synths. Mm-hmm. Centrex is kind of what they remind me of. There's also a depth for module that has the same, but anyway, joysticks <laughs> and they're, they're tall and they have a plastic cap and they're really easy to use. Um, so I guess, and then also to, you know, talk about in essence what it does. So basically it's going to control pitch from, um, so the, uh, is that the Y axis is, uh, uh, let's find out here. I'm gonna turn it up. No, it's the x-axis. X-axis. So left to right. Um, plus, minus to plus. Minus to plus. Is it going to change the pitch of yeah, that yeah. single oscillator? And then um, kind of from your center zone, um, if you go down, it's going to... I guess I'm going to say it's probably going to add FM. It's going to start uh, FMing. It's going to add... <laughs> C's oscillator pitch into or FM um, A's uh, pitch. Let let me put that slightly more eloquently. Thank you. Please do. (laughs) Each each of the four joysticks on the Y axis has a letter corresponding to the to the other oscillators. So there's A B C and A B C D oscillators. Oscillator A goes B at the top to C at the bottom. And then B is A at the top and D at the bottom. C is A at the top and D at the bottom. And D is B at the top, C at the bottom. So they're like a, an X on the matrix. Okay. Thus the, uh, the vector aspect of it. Because uh, you can think of a vector as you would uh, map it on a Cartesian grid. So um, use your imagination on that one, Kyle. I'll show you a picture later. <laughs> the, when, when you push the joystick up the Y axis to B then on oscillator A, then the oscillator in B will modulate, will FM oscillator A as you move the joystick. So you get an amount of FM as you push up to B, mm-hmm. and then the, meaning the av- amount of like a, a variable the, amount of impact. Yeah, the, yeah. De- the depth, the modulation index. Yes, or... the modulation index. Yeah. Um, and then the oscillator B as you kind of move that guy around, changing pitch and... And then left its right. influence from from other oscillators. Right. If you only go left and right and you kept it at exactly zero on the y-axis, then you would have just pitch clean FMing. Yeah. yeah. But now it's going to respond as you go up and down and around to FMing from oscillators A and oscillator D. So you're modulating oscillator A with B, but then you can modulate oscillator B with A. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of like the two oscillators in the 258, you know, where they can, in the 258E, yeah. cross mod. Yeah. 
but it's all yeah but it's all done by joysticks um yes it reminds me of the i had the lyra 8 for a while and those kind of all would modulate they kind of cascade into one another um with all their modulation and um that's a very apt comparison actually because i had a lyra 8 also um this i think is way easier to use and understand <laughs> um and if you want we should have hooked this up to an oscilloscope because you can see the amount, you know, basically the voltages, mm-hmm. um, and not really the voltage, but you get what I mean. The amount of modulation as you go um, with the joystick so you can see the range, but um, I forgot to do that. So maybe I'll do that and then post it in the show notes to cool. give you the range from D to A, for example, in oscillator C. Um, so let's turn this on. Let's yeah. just... Uh... I mean, the, with the three different wave shapes and cross mod, cross modding of cross mod and cross modding, because it's effect, you know, yeah, it's like a yeah. matrix of modulation. Yeah. You can do some pretty outrageous stuff. And much like the Lyra 8, it's impossible to get the same, <laughs> same sound twice. Yeah. Well, that's what kind of blows my mind is like, oh, there's no, you know, when you think of an oscillator with like a knob, you're going to set that for its pitch, you know, you're just going to set it at like some sort of maybe bass pitch. And then you'd have some other input that you're going to modulate it with. Um, you know, there's no knob. The knob is, is, is the joystick. So, you know, f- finding this very specific um, pitch on here and wanting to get back to there yeah. is um, futile. It, well, yeah, <laughs> it, it presents a challenge, definitely. And I was thinking... And, it, but it's not for that. I mean, it's, right. it's like a chaos agent of like... But because of the, the resolution of the joystick... You can, and we'll do that. And just, I mean, like, why people are thinking, why are they talking about what you can do? Just turn the volume up. But you can find the, <laughs> and, and we'll do that. But you can find the um, and match the pitch between all four of them and keep them kind of in tune with each other. Like when you're using the keyboard mm-hmm. input, um, it's funny. Like, why are we even? Re- we didn't need to hook it up. We could have just talked about the whole thing the whole time. <laughs> um, but it it is, yeah. And I was joking with um, another friend that if this were a 200e module then when you load the preset, the joysticks would all snap back. Uh, (laughs) Motorized. Because can you imagine if this had preset control? You could barely touch the joystick and the whole whole thing is, yeah, it would be. (laughs) This is one where I don't think, man, I sure do wish it had CV control. The only thing I guess I'd want is the position of the switches. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so let's give this a listen. All right, let's just do A and B. So maybe we'll kind of... And these are ramp waves or sawtooth. I think we got those split. like an octave apart let me take out the keyboard here oh i guess i don't need to yeah (laughs) there you go but it's not too bad right Mm -hmm. you know so we're kind of only you're you're staying pretty steady in the in the middle only going left to right so you're not really adding any modulation yeah, so let me go up on. So I'm going to use B to modulate A. Well, now you're now you're allowing A to modulate. Yeah, B. I'm. That, I'm sorry. Yeah, I had that backwards. A is modulating B. Yeah. Yes. So now you have that modulation up. So now if you change A's pitch. So listen to. There's A by itself, and that's modulating the. 
if I change A to a sine wave. Oh, cool. Do the same for B. Lower the pitch of B. So it's kind of really easy to understand how they're modulating there because the the um, waveforms are so uh, simple. You know, going back to a sawtooth here. That's one. Let's uh, let's go to squares for a second. Oh, but, uh oh, I bumped the joystick. <laughs> That's gonna happen. See here. Oops. Oh, we lost B. Let's see here. Could be a cable problem. Oh, no, the maybe it's a a square wave issue or there or something like that. I'll turn that down a little bit. Yeah, let's let's see here. This is just oscillator V by itself. Oops. There we go. Yeah, the square wave on that one isn't working right. Oh, I didn't realize that before. Well, I'll ask Gruen about it. Is it sine wave? What about A? Does A go into square all right? That doesn't sound like a square. Oh, because I had... Hmm. Okay, sine wave sounds good. Yeah, listen to that. Yeah, I guess we'll stick with uh, saws and signs. Just on, just on B. So B has a problem. Let's check out Maybe C. Go, yeah, go to squares on all. Hmm. Huh, a square thing square issue works on A and C <laughs> all right so we'll go back to where whatever it was we were doing before we so there's a maybe a problem um, B is coming out super soft and D or C is coming out super soft on the square wave, so I'll I'll see I'll ask you and we'll see yeah. what's going on. Um, I mean, should we just get full chaos for a second and get yeah. all these? Uh... Let's bring them all. All right, you take two and I take two. Joystick. 
that's kind of that synthy sine wave. Oh, I moved your joystick. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, kind of nice uh, phasing going on there. So I'm taking that. Yeah. Modulating C with D. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Modulating D was. Modulating with D with C, yeah. Cool. Yeah, now good luck recreating that. You can't. I mean, this is all you need in a way. We're not doing it. Yeah. You know, you just need some output. So it's like this thing. I can see this thing going in like a just being a standalone like type of piece, which he does have like a he he has made. I think it's called like the recursor machine. Um, I think check out. I believe it's the human comparator dot net um, to check out the rest of you and stuff. But um that also kind of reminded me of like a, a bit of a Lyra situation where it has some other um, aspects, but a lot of, I think FM mean each other and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I, I used it with the 267E filter, you know, giving it really harmonically rich content mm -hmm. by mixing the outputs into the CSR from studio H and then into the inputs on the, one of the inputs on the 267. Yeah. Which is really cool. It's also really fun to use with the 297. Um, well, everything's fun to use with the 297. But the I, can't never, I don't really see myself using this like a traditional, whatever that is, oscillator sound source. I like it for that Klaus Schultz style of, you know, the 70s special effects that they use synthes for, mm -hmm. um, for, you know, with really cool uh, FMing of basic partials and and then when going really crazy and making a cool drone with the bandpass filters and kind of just modulating those filters to make the sound interesting. So there's a lot of possibilities there. Yeah. I mean, we could barely scratch the surface with this thing. So let's. So there's a keyboard input um, for this. I wonder if it's. Um, is it? I, I'm guessing we're assuming it's like 1.2 volt per octave input on that. Um, yes. And so you can switch. It's. Is it just a two-way switch? Yeah, yeah. it is. So you can then um, have this other, you know, frequency input. Um, if we flip all the black switches up, it will read that in conjunction with whatever you're doing um, on the uh, with the actual joystick. So let's. So we've got a got like a two um, fifty one sequence going. Two fifty one e, e quad sequential voltage source. source. So maybe yeah. we just hear like one. Ready? Start that, yeah. Super basic, um, kind of a chromatic-ish sequence there. So if we add in, so that's just A, we'll add in B. Oh, so yeah, that sounds nice. crazy. Wow, you've got them kind of a... <laughs> tuned to a fifth yeah and of course i'm going to screw that up right now yep and I'm, I'm kind of angling up towards 
um, A modulating B. So, but because they've got the same pitch information, if you kind of dial them in, in yeah. relative pitch to another, it's, you know, it's going to sound yeah. gnarly, but... It's like 258E, kind of, when, yeah. I, when, I'm doing, when I do this kind of thing with the same input to both pitch inputs. Yeah. The same CV. Should we now add in C and D? Yeah, let's bring it in. <laughs> Should we try and make it pretty at first? That's cool. Yeah, now if we take one, we'll take D let's out. Say, let's, let's switch some, um, maybe do some, like a couple sine waves on there too. Nope. Oops. Oops. Nope. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> when I say that, Robert, just like, let me flip all the switches. <laughs> I need to remember which one's red and which one's black. <laughs> so it takes a while for that FM to really kind of come in. Like, I felt like there's maybe like a, a little bit of a grace area. I guess if like your center joystick. Yeah. yeah let me turn this. Like just bring it down here. We've got no FM influence, and so then I'm gonna go up. I mean, maybe it's slight there. I hear it a little. Which, it's like, also a sine. Oh, this is a saw wave, yeah. So you're modulating it with with B with B, which is a sine. Oh, a sawtooth. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So just it's. I guess I I would have thought like oh like right when I deviate from this. Um, yeah. XY or X path. Let's see what happens if we go. We're modulating with B and what else? B and C? Yeah. So that's what um, B as a sine wave. Mm hmm. Uh, C with a sine wave. Uh, yeah, B and C are both sine waves. Yeah. See, I've got the B and B and C light as a sine wave. Yeah. I wonder if we, if you flip it to square, does it? Yeah, it seems kind of weak on that. So yeah, there's something going on there. Yeah. Where if we, let's see. But the square waves for B and C are both jacked. They're both messed up. Yeah. So what if we yeah. switch? Um, so we've got this now back in square or pulse or whatever. Let's turn up C. Um, let's have C in. Oh, that sounds nice. Um, so now um, D can modulate this with the square. I just want to hear what the. Yeah, it's not very strong on that. Uh -oh. Compared to if we go to. I mean, there's a lot of yeah, deviation. Yeah, a lot of harmonics in there. <laughs> Wild. So this is cross. So they're cross modulating each other right now. Yeah. That's what um, C and D 
Uh, oscillator C and D are cross-modulating each other. You're ramping up the <laughs> sequence. It's 450 BPM. Isn't it? Sounds like somebody's saying something, doesn't it? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so this is my new trance single. There you go. So what are you doing on the 251? Right? I'm just reversing the sequence. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's kind of wild, isn't it? That's just at 300 BPM. So... At that kind of speed, I think it's easier to hear the difference is, you know, the, mm -hmm. between the oscillators. Yeah. You know, because there's like this rapid change in pitch. Yeah. So you hear the FMing um, much better than, you know, using it like a drone. Hmm, that's kind of interesting. Let's see if I can remember the, there's a combination of encoders that you press on the 251E to randomize the voltages, and I can't remember. Mm. Well, we've got a... Uh stack of random that we've been uh holding on to for the past oh, month it. let me try this real quick i put in a bunch of random voltages in the 251e and i'm just um going through and adding a trans for the steps um which is a little bit of a laborious process as we've have bemoaned many times but uh, that's the glory of the preset manager so we're going to go to that, we'll do a cycle. Okay, so this is just a bunch of, hear, the, hear it kind of leaking in there? Changing the intervals to 16 on the first eight steps. This is sounding great. It's a lot of higher pitches too, so they don't. Um... Yeah. But we could scale those with the two with yeah. the CSR if we wanted to. Cool. Yeah, I put a lot of pitches in the higher registers here, in the higher CV values. 
yeah, that that's pretty cool. You know, the um, I I like the idea of of maybe like even if four fifty stage sequences in the two fifty one E that are maybe I I program in all the the CV values because mm. I'm not really going to try to dial in anything tonal with this. You know, I mean I could, but I I don't want to. Um, but having the these uh, regular CVs, because the nice thing about doing this with even with random versus the 266E is that you it's not really random. You have a, a random seed for the CV values, but they're always going to repeat because it doesn't truly do random voltage the way it does. So, But it would be cool to program in a 50-stage sequence with the 251E into the NVO, the oscillator, and then have that kind of um, using that to sort of have a weird, interesting, under-the-main-sound kind of drone going on, you know? Mm-hmm. And we didn't even, we haven't gotten into the CV inputs yet. For yeah, the, the specific X and Y. Yeah, the specific X and Y, which we're, we're about to do um, with the 264. Let's yeah. do it. So that'll add some interesting dimension to this as well. So let's get that set up. Okay, we've been uh, um, keeping this boat of uncertainty all to ourselves. Yeah. Sorry, Chip. Uh, it's it's going to go out tomorrow, I swear. Um, but yeah, we decided Robert's been messing around with it a bit. And so uh, we're like, hey, why don't we pair it up with this uh, this uh, quad sample and hold with the another quad oscillator. But first, what we're going to do... Um, so we're going to take a look at all like the individual... X and Y inputs for all of the um, oscillators. So right now we have this patch set up. It's kind of this cascading 281 patch where um, it it's a cycling. Um, like A will, after A's cycle is finished, it triggers B, B triggers C, D tr- then goes back and uh, triggers A. And so all those are going to go into... Um, Let's see, is that the uh, y-axis for... That is the, yeah, y, so, yeah, we have the, we're ready to patch pitch from, or the x-axis from the quad sample and hold in a little bit. So the 281E is going into the y-axis. Because so we're just going to... FMing. Yeah, we're just going to show off, like, the CV for FMing yeah. um, capability. So we'll kind of turn these up, and we kind of all, we tune these up. We're in sine wave mode on all of these. So some have more influence than the other. We're like, but I think it kind of it piggybacks on top of where you have the joystick, um, yeah. Set to like you want me to touch, move the joystick? Yeah. So you're gonna move D's oscillator up, and now it's gonna be FM'd right now. Not really anything because I think you're already up. So try going down to C. Mm, yeah. And that's having more influence throughout the rest of it so try moving maybe leave that where it's at maybe maybe take this we'll take A's oscillator down to and the amount of FMing yeah is it so on the x-axis the pitch isn't being changed 
So it's the same pitch for yeah. the modulation. It's only the modulation amount that's changing. Yeah. So if we did... But interesting, too, because, you know, this is like... You have the center mode where it's not going to do any FMing, right? But yeah. um, but if you put in CV, it seems to only go up. So does that only, if we're looking at oscillator yeah. D, does it only go up to to B? Well, let's see. I'm a, let's go... We're going to bring up... We'll bring up A, which is modulated by C. Okay. So there's A. There's C. I don't, you're only hearing oscillator A. So the first value is FM goes into the FM input for A. And then the next one you hear is the FM input for C. I mean, once again, like, hard to put your finger on any of these <laughs> things. It definitely is a chaos agent. Yeah, it is. An oscilloscope would be really handy here. Yeah. That's pretty cool, though. Oh, man. <laughs> she just brought up C. Yeah. So now you're hearing A and C. A is modulating C. C is modulating D, which you can't hear. And then D is modulating C. Oh, boy. <laughs> Let's bring the rest up. Let's go back to ramps. Yeah, so we had everything in sign. Oh, you hear that kind of like uh reminds me of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre soundtrack. <laughs> if you if you see the movie, you'll you'll hear it. That's that's actually pretty cool. I like that. Should we now add some pitch info? Yeah, let's. Here we go. <laughs> now this I like. I'm blocking out the uh, very, or trying to block out the very bright LEDs from the uh, 265. So this is a, a fluctuating random from 265. Now that is like sci-fi. I mean, I bet you Augustus and Jacqueline are going to love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Heck man. No. Perfect. Yeah. 
So I randomly chose joystick positions as you were, you know, as it goes through, and it ended up with something really cool. And obviously, like, yeah, you kind of have to keep things probably closer to the left. Yeah, here's um, what happens when they go to the right. They get, yeah, you know, the pitch goes inaudible. Yeah, because you're stacking the CV pitch on top of that. Only Gen Z can hear those pitches. <laughs> So if we... Changed a couple to square waves, does that have any kind of interesting effect? Yeah, it makes it some, some noise in there. Yeah. It's all signs. I mean, we can pull... Let's try pulling out the, um the gray input, so like the, um, all the FM CV inputs, so then we can just dial that in by hand. Okay, I'll go back to ramps. So yeah, kind of. <laughs> Messing with joystick positions. Uh, uh, two squares and two signs. Slowing down the CV rate a little bit, or by quite a bit. Oh, you know what? I have the offset. I'm gonna. The offset is turned up on this um, 264 too. So actually. Oh yeah. If I go. Bring that down, then our pitches are. We may have more range on our pitch. I'm just gonna call it knob. So if we put the. All of them to the left. Then you get a nice low bass pitch and that doesn't get too high. Yeah. Wow, that's nuts. <laughs> Chaos. Hmm. 
Why can't there's mute because it's just <laughs> almost mute because it's too high pitched. And the sine waves is nuts. Yeah, I really like the, the FM sine wave like classic. Heinbach would like this. Yeah? Because it sounds like his test equipment, you know? <laughs> sine waves and stuff. Hmm. Well, cool. Yeah, that's... That's... Pretty... Pretty wild. I'm gonna make a two-hour album of just that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you kind of just have to give in to... Uh, to what it it is, it's a total different kind of um, I don't know paradigm shift for for the Buchla system where you know you're coming from these oscillators that have a lot of control. Yet this has a lot of <laughs> control. It's yeah. just not in um, you know, it's just with joysticks. It's a, I mean, and admittedly for the show, we're we're kind of hand fisted with this. You know, we're like just practically slapping the joysticks all over the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I uh I know Todd has um had this for a bit and um yeah, I'm eager to go back and kind of listen to his or watch his videos uh now that I've seen this in person and yeah, I'd like to see like kind of what after having this for a while if you come up with yeah, any kind of Yeah. There are a few other modules I kinda of wish I still had to use with this, like the Wrangler. You know, that crazy uh, oh, yeah. filter circuit? I think that would have been really neat with its kind of neat the analog shift. Yeah, the Benjolin, the analog shift register type thing uh, for the filter, especially with the 264, because that really brings it to life. With the, um, I think with the quad trans event generator, you know, the 282E from Keen, I could make some really specific functions, mm -hmm. with, you know, uh, trans events over a long period to slowly affect the FM. Yeah. But I think I need to do some, I would need to do a little bit of control voltage processing with the 257 or 256 um, to get kind of what I'm looking for. It's The funny thing is we've been playing with this for a couple of hours and I still don't really understand the extent of how the FM inputs mm -hmm. are working. I need to see it on an oscilloscope or something because it, yeah, it's because it's pretty, yeah, that you have that, that, zero null point in the middle and you go down to add fm from one source and up to add fm from another so how does just a single cv input do that like if there was um attenuverters alongside the cv inputs to then be like well i would do negative voltage and so that would drive it down to like on like say oscillator a then it would be fm to by c or if i turn the uh attenuverter up it would go upwards yeah, to b exactly yeah. um but yeah, kind of. It's the the little gray inputs just say I'm leaning in way in on them. <laughs> yeah, they just say A Y B Y C Y and D Y, and then the directions for yeah, yeah. upper up. Uh, yeah, they just show upper to the right, but we kind of don't know where where that bottom voltage sits or that. Well, all of all of the Ys are up, so that explains it. 
because mm-hmm. they're going to start at wherever the but, FM is and then go up the y-axis. I mean, they're going to go wherever the joystick position is and go up the y-axis. So it'll never go below. It is. Yeah. If it's a zero zero, it will never go to zero minus five. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's zero minus ten, and however the voltage works, if it goes up ten volts, I guess it would be the zero zero. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. You and let us know. Yeah, someone let us know. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm willing. I mean. There's no, I don't think there's a manual for this. There's one video from you and about it. Um, mm-hmm. and Todd did a great video where he makes it sing. Um, but like anything else that's really wild, it just, you have to really explore it. And you know, we're attacking this with like all oscillators on full on, yeah. you know, like if we just started with one and then, you know, figuring out it's, uh, you know, see your FM relationship with the two other oscillators and really kind of, slowing down and dialing those things in um you know i think we could get a lot out of that too but maybe that's uh for another time yeah we'll we'll play around with it more and then when you get the 288r over here we'll uh combine two of the craziest modules between us <laughs> um <laughs> i think those are the right now the all that and delayed <laughs> all that delayed unfortunately we won't have the boat of uncertainty anymore that 264 is just the, the quad sample and hold. Like, I, I don't know. I, I love that thing. It's cool. Um, yeah. I need to see if maybe if I could find a Eurorack module that, that does some of that. Well, I think, you know, I think it'll be out some point. Yeah. Until it comes out. Yeah. And I've got to find a space for it. Go. So, yeah. Maybe I'll sell my, um, I don't know. I don't need a 281E, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs that old thing? Quad sim, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's such a great module. So I'll keep my eye out for that one. The polyphonic adapter. Yeah, so if you haven't listened to last month's show when we talked about the 264, you should give that a listen because it, it's a great module. The whole boat of uncertainty from MEMS was great, so we've done a lot of fun stuff with it. We've got to get one of these. We'll split it. We'll there share custody. Go. Yeah. <laughs> Visitation rights. Cool. Yeah, so this. Nested vector oscillator, really interesting, um, beautiful panel, nicely built. I would need to get my square wave issue fixed, but I'm sure that's no problem. Yeah, I'm, and, ho- I'm um, hoping to, uh, you know, he had a lot of other stuff. And yeah, if you go to his website, kind of shows sketches of things that um, he's been working on. And um, he's got a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, I, he's I a really the, talented the guy. Daylight. Yeah, can't wait to see this. Day, 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 yeah. Daylight. Daylight. Sylvester Stallone movie. <laughs> All yeah. right, I think we're. Uh, I think that we better go before this heat wave. Uh... Yeah, it's just at ninety three outside, which is blazing for yeah, here. Not as bad in, inside. Yeah. So. yeah, even with all this hot air, you and I've been blowing <laughs> out this whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I think that's it for the nested vector oscillator. Thanks for coming over and checking it out. Thanks for having me. Please check out our friends' podcast. We got Tim Hild's uh, Podular Modcast, Jay Ryan's The Deerhorn Podcast, and the Galaxy Electric's Cosmic Tape Music Club Podcast. And if you want to help support the show, we greatly appreciate it. You can do so through Patreon at patreon.com/slash Source of Uncertainty, and you can still get your Source of Uncertainty T-shirts 
at sourceofuncertainty.threadless.com. Please post pictures of yourself in them on Instagram and tag us. We love that. Uh, you can find out more about the show or contact us through our website. It's sourceofuncertainty.audio. We'd love to hear from you. Find us on Instagram at sourceofuncertainty and on YouTube. And we'll catch you next month. Have a good summer. Thank you.